Back to InfoTrack. Once again, here's Roy Mackey. They're the most popular prescription drugs in America, statin drugs. And the guidelines seem to constantly expand on who should be taking them. But are they for everyone? Our guest is Dr. John Santa. He's an MD and the director of the Consumer Reports Health Rating Center. Dr. Santa, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you. Recently, Consumer Reports raised the warning flag on the use of statin drugs, that is, cholesterol-lowering drugs, by children and some women. So tell us, what are your concerns? Well, our concerns are that these are great drugs for people who have heart disease and for some people who have multiple risk factors for heart disease. But now we hear calls for other folks like women who just have elevations of cholesterol or children who just have elevations of cholesterol to uh, take these medicines presumably for the rest of their lives. And we don't think that in many of those folks that the benefits are worth the risks. I think the fact that women should think twice is perhaps the most surprising thing in your report. Tell us why women should be so concerned. Well, basically, this gets at the benefits and risks. And women are, in general, at lower risk for heart disease. The risk comes about 5 to 10 years later in their lives compared to uh, men. And studies of populations of women show that statins don't benefit women quite as much as they do men. But the incidence of side effects is about the same in men and women. So essentially, women are exposing themselves to the same side effect risk for less benefit. What that means is that when all they have as a problem is an elevation of cholesterol, that benefit to risk may not be very favorable when you're talking about a lifetime of medicine use. What's your reaction to a recent study out of West Virginia that seems to promote cholesterol testing for all children? Well, we have concerns about that. Cholesterol testing is fine, especially if the child's obese or has other risk factors for heart disease. Certainly, an elevation in cholesterol is a very good reason to be even more committed to weight loss, increased exercise, and a change in diets, moving away from trans fats and other fatty kinds of foods. What we're concerned about is whether elevations in cholesterol in children justify a long-term commitment to a statin. Most consumers don't know that there has not been studies done in children that give us a sense of what the benefit-to-risk relationship is. We suspect that it is, again, just as likely that those children will have side effects like muscle aches and pains, an increased incidence of liver problems, kidney problems. And we think we need to be very cautious before we expose thousands of our children to those long-term risks. How does a parent know if their child needs a high cholesterol test? First of all, there's a small but significant number of people who have genetic inherited high cholesterol situations. Most of those families now know who they are. They've had someone in the family die in their 30s or 40s of a heart attack. And certainly anyone in those families, their children should be tested to see if they have one of these inherited forms of high cholesterol disease. Those kids absolutely need to be treated aggressively, almost always with a statin. Putting those children aside, it's obesity, a gain in weight, which we know is now a problem in one out of five of our children. 
It's also if the child has any other risk factors, such as high blood pressure or diabetes or, gosh, I'm sad to say, you know, if your child is smoking, and we do have children that are smoking in their sub-teens or in their early teens, the presence of any of those things, it would be good to check that cholesterol. Unless you have an extremely high level of cholesterol, there are ways that you can lower your cholesterol without statin drugs, aren't there? Well, that's right. In my own practice, I saw very dramatic decreases in cholesterol when people lost weight. Losing weight can do wonders for you. Increasing exercise improves that wonderful good kind of cholesterol, or HDL. Sometimes some people will be on surprisingly high-fat diets, and once you sit down and talk to them about, well, what exactly are you eating, and figure out how to get them away from some of those high-fat foods, you can see some significant differences. So, you know, we're just urging people, please, before you make a lifelong commitment to a drug that does have some risks, look at the alternatives and look at that benefit-risk relationship. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. John Santa. He's director of the Consumer Reports Health Ratings Center, and they recently issued a report discussing the effectiveness and safety of cholesterol drugs and who they may be appropriate for. There are also some dietary supplements that claim to reduce cholesterol. Things like niacin have been used for many years. What's your opinion on those? Some of those are useful. Actually, um, we use niacin as a drug to help lower cholesterol in some patients, and it can work quite well. Its biggest problem is it causes flushing in some people. You turn red. You feel quite warm. And people who have that may not be very happy with that side effect. And it can cause some other gastrointestinal problems in some patients. It's a very good option in some people. The uh, omega supplements can be helpful in people who have risk factors for heart disease. So there are some natural things that can help here. But I would suspect you would say that even the natural things, supplements and so forth, you shouldn't monkey around with those without consulting a doctor. Exactly. This is a significant problem. And we know that people who have heart disease especially, they shouldn't be monkeying around with anything without their doctor consulting with them because we know if they do things that are effective, their risk of dying decreases significantly. Lowering cholesterol is extremely helpful in people who have heart disease. The challenge is to get the folks who are healthy but just have an elevation of cholesterol to really sit down with their doctor and take all the options seriously before they commit to a lifelong medicine. Every drug company wants to concoct their own version of statin drugs. From a patent standpoint, it only makes sense to they can certainly make more money doing that. The seventh statin drug is just coming to market now, right? That's right, and that's one of our concerns. We know that whenever a new brand drug comes into a market, there's going to be more advertising. That company will claim that their drug is better in some way or another, or they'll imply that. In this case, we're quite certain from the evidence we've seen so far that this latest entry into the market does not offer anything that we already don't have and in many cases have generics that are very inexpensive. And we are concerned that we're going to see more advertising that's going to confuse people, it's going to influence doctors to prescribe more statins. And again, that could mean that some women and children and other folks who really have borderline reasons for statins 
will end up on them and at a high price. That's not good for consumers. Let's say your doctor says you definitely need to be on a statin drug. How do you choose among those seven different drugs? The question to ask your doctor is, well, how much do I need to lower my cholesterol? If the goal is 30% or less, then it's highly likely that a well-established, well-researched, older statin that's generic will do the job quite nicely. If you need more than 30%, then there's another subset of more potent statins that should be considered. Some of those are generic and are available inexpensively. Others are by brand and are more expensive. And so in that case, those folks really need to weigh whether they want to take a more expensive brand versus the less expensive but still potent generic. Just to wrap things up, do you have any final words of advice, particularly for parents who have children with high cholesterol? Sit down with your pediatrician or family physician. Have a, if you'll pardon the expression, heart-to-heart discussion about what this elevation in cholesterol means for your child long-term. If you haven't tried absolutely everything to get their weight down, to increase their physical activity, to change the sorts of things they're eating, that should be your first priority, and you should focus on that for six months, a year, and perhaps even longer, doing everything possible to reinforce lifelong habits in your child that can solve this problem far better than taking a medicine for the rest of their life. And only consider a medicine if all else has failed, and then if that is the only option, Be very careful with it. Start at the lowest dose. Monitor the medicine carefully with your doctor's help. Dr. John Santa, MD, Director of Consumer Reports Health Ratings Center. Thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.